I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor. What is good, everybody? How are we feeling today? We're feeling good. We're pumped. I just feel that game went last night. We're happy. I'm happy. I think we all should be happy. Before we get into it, I've got one thing to say. We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! I repeat. We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! But before we even start looking ahead to Brooklyn, I think we need to address the elephant in the room. Jason Tatum is a bad, bad man. We're not talking just a bad man. We're talking stone cold killer, an assassin. The dude just put Boston on his back in that third quarter and just dominated. I mean, we're talking literal domination. And if we're being honest, most of that came in the third quarter. 23 points, 7 to 10 shooting. Just a bad man. Most importantly, it was a diversified offensive approach. It wasn't just posting guys up, going ISO. He had some good good looks when he was cutting off ball. Managed to get to the line a little bit. Managed to do a little bit of his ISO work. I know he was hunting mismatches. That one fade away on Brad Beal was nice. I just think that for all of the heat, we should call it, that Jason Tatum's got over the last week or so across social media with people saying he's part of the problem, he's not a team player. You don't win this game if you don't have Tatum. I mean, it's not just on offense either. If you look at the job that Boston as a whole did on Russell Westbrook and the way they limited his impact on the game, I mean, first of all, it starts with the way that they were pressuring the passing lanes. Russell Westbrook loves to get that ball out on pitch ahead passes to just push the pace. Boston's done a great job of pressuring those lanes, taking away the easy option and the early offense option, and forced Westbrook to bring the ball up over half court multiple times. A steady diet of Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart on him really limited his ability to get into the paint. But a lot of that goes down to the way that Tatum's length disrupted Westbrook and limited his his bravery, in a sense, to actually go to the paint and go to the rack. And that's why we saw Westbrook settling for a lot of jump shots. So let's be quite honest. Tatum wasn't just the best player offensively. He guarded one of the he guarded one of Washington's best players defensively and basically froze him out of his own areas, made sure that Westbrook didn't get into a rhythm. Marcus Smart deserves a lot of credit about that too. For that too, sorry. And Smart's another guy that's been catching heat over the last week or so. So I think all in all, the performance of Tatum on both sides of the floor just deserves some praise, some applause. I don't have an applause sound, so let's just clap here. See? Applause. I think that we've been far too critical of him recently. There's obviously been games where he hasn't been great, but this game shows you just what type of player he is and just how important he's going to be to the Celtics moving forward. It goes deeper than just Jason Tatum. No, if you look at Kemba Walker, he was all over the floor. He was doing stuff off-ball, on-ball. I think that the way that the Celtics have managed him in terms of missing those back-to-backs and just monitoring that fitness level meant that it's starting to pay dividends. We're seeing an explosiveness from Kemba that we haven't really seen since he's been in Boston, or at least not since that early stretch when he first got acquired by the team. Three-point shot looked money. The pullback, um, step-backs looked money. Crossover was great. There was that one Spain pick-and-roll in the third when Kemba came out hot. I think he hit two threes. And then the Celtics ran a Spain pick and roll. And they like to use that sometimes as a misdirection to get Tatum the ball over on the wing or in the corner. And they had Tatum cut there. 
So it looked to me like the Wizards were very keyed in on making sure the ball didn't find Tatum, but the play had been designed to get Kemba the open free. Using that misdirection was a great call by Brad. Another guy that's been getting heat but managed to scheme out Russell Westbrook managed to make him have make the Wizards try to uh, beat the Celtics with just Bradley Beal. I mean, this was a it wasn't a masterclass by any means. There were stretches where the Wizards looked incredibly good, but there were some stretches where the Wizards just could not buy a bucket, and that is by design. That is by effort and application and execution. Three words that haven't been synonymous with the team this year. If we're being quite honest, it's been rough. I think Evan Fournier is starting to really add value to this team in terms of his penetration, in terms of his ability to score off-ball, um, create his own looks off-ball, create looks for others on-ball. I think his usage rate's going to increase once the playoffs begin. But let's be honest, we can worry about the playoffs another day. Today is a day to rejoice. Today is a day to look back and be like, do you know what? Yeah. The team has struggled all year, but when their backs were against the wall, when the chips were down, they showed that fight and hustle that we've come to expect from a Boston Celtics team that we haven't really seen all year. So how can we be sad? How can we be mad? I know some people will be saying, well, it was just the Wizards, and this is a team they should have beaten anyway. They shouldn't have found themselves in a situation where they had to win. They shouldn't have found themselves in a playing situation to begin with, with the talent on the roster. Cool. All of them. Fair. Got no arguments. What I will say is that that's where they found themselves. You know, there's things in life where you where you think you should be and where you are are com- two completely different places. And all you can do is keep applying pressure at the place that you're currently at, keep executing, and eventually things will pay off. And this is exactly what Boston did in this game. They applied pressure from the opening tip, played at a pace that matched the pace that the Wizards wanted to play at, which kind of threw Washington up a little bit, I feel. I think that the Wizards came out looking to really punch Boston in the mouth and play that transition game. And the Celtics just matched their speed, matched their intensity, and then kind of imparted their will onto the game. So, yeah, you weren't meant to be there. You you probably feel a little bit aggrieved that you had to watch a 9pm playing game. I'm aggrieved that I had to watch it at 7am. You know how tough it was for me this morning? You guys who listen regularly and girls that listen regularly, you know I'm quite even-keeled. I try to be the realist. I try to be... The I tried to remove myself from the emotional roller coaster as best as possible. I woke up at 6:30 a.m. in Glinton this morning, as usual. Turned off my notifications so I didn't know the score. I didn't check Twitter. I checked the Slack channel from Celtics Blood just to see if I if there was anything that I could write about. I'm going to be writing about something later today, but I made sure I did not see any scores or any news about the game whatsoever. I was on a roller coaster. From start to finish of that game, didn't I just didn't know what was going to happen. So I lived that like it was live. And I'm aggrieved too, because I'm like, this could have been a week off for everybody. Could have been a week off for fans. Could have been a week off for guys that are trying to cover the team. Could have been a week off for guys that do cover the team. Most importantly, could have been a week off for the players. But it isn't. So, you know, you, you take your punches and um, you roll with the punches and take everything as it comes. Otherwise, what can you do? Yeah, I'm completely happy with the way this performance went. I think if you look at Rob Williams' impact before he went back out, and that sucked when he hurt his foot again, this guy just cannot stay healthy. That's that's a conversation for another day. But at the moment, to me, his inability to stay on the floor is hurting the team. More than anything, I understand that he brings so much to the roster and that he is so integral to the spacing and the way that this team plays. But at the same time, you can't stay healthy. 
it's just not working and what can you do then do you keep running with this guy like this is the third season in a row where he's missed considerable time and i think he was having a huge impact on um, rim protection shot altercation uh, secondary creation on offense operating in that short roll area running that delay he was a very big part of the spacing that boston were using to create some looks off ball cuts with off ball cuts so to see him get hurt again it was probably a re-aggravation of that turf toe again i finished watching that game i've hit record and i'm talking so if there's any news on robert williams it hasn't crossed my desk yet simply because i haven't gone looking for it to be quite honest i just felt like i needed to react and get this out to everybody Neesmith, I thought was good. I thought that we're starting to see more of Neesmith. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of Peyton Pritchard, but I do feel like this wasn't the best matchup for him. If Smith um, was playing exceptionally well, obviously you've got Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal. The guard rotation of Washington's no joke, and I just feel like this probably wasn't the best opportunity for Peyton Pritchard, and we'll see more of him against Brooklyn. Shemi Ojale got about eight, eight minutes and a half. He was guarding Westbrook at certain times as well. I think Ojale did a good job of limiting Westbrook's dribble drive penetration too. In general, the rotation of guys that guarded Westbrook was Ojale, Tatum and Smart. But there was a few times where you'd see Fournier match up with Westbrook. And I think that's when Westbrook really found a rhythm and managed to get to the rim, managed to operate as like um, a putback artist. Fournier did struggle to stay in front of Westbrook. And look, if we're saying to someone, your defensive bar is set at keeping Westbrook out of the paint. That's That bar is ridiculous. That's a ridiculous level of defensive ability that you're asking a guy to have. So I'm not going to be, no judgment from me. How can we be saying that the, the, the minimum you need to do in your Boston Celtics tenure is be good enough to limit Russell Westbrook when he's in the paint? That's ridiculous. So all in all, I'm not upset with Fournier. He did only shoot 3 for 11 from the field. Uh, that's not great. Four assists, six rebounds. But do you know what it was for me? It was the penetration. It was the secondary and tertiary creation that he offered. It was the fact that when he was on ball, guys were moving. There was movement. It wasn't static. It wasn't boring to watch. It wasn't reliant on pick and roll into pick and roll into another pick and roll into a penetration into a reset into a pick and roll. There was fluidity. And so you don't shoot great. I don't care. I honestly do not care because you're you're providing the team with a movement that wasn't there before you were required and put it into this rotation. So, yeah, cool. You didn't play great. You didn't score the ball well, but you provided value in multiple other areas. Let's live with that. Let's not get on anybody's back when you're actually, you don't have to be on the box score. And this is one of the, anyone that's a big supporter of Marcus Smart, this is your number one point. You can do things that impact winning outside of the box score. And whether that be through the hustle stats or in Fournier's case, just movement and gravity and being able to manipulate defenses just by a simple swapping of sides, cutting baseline, setting a screen, lifting off a corner. If you're manipulating that defense, that adds value. It does. So 3 of 11, yeah, it's not great. I don't care. On to the next one. I think that Neesmith played well. Again, wasn't fantastic. I think that... Um, he had that one three-point shot, and then he did have that putback that got called off, um, waved off due to a foul. I think it was a Tristan Thompson foul under the rim. So he his numbers weren't great, but they would have looked a little bit better with that. Romeo played well. That one basket that Romeo scored, I think, is indicative of the type of player he will become once he gets a little bit more 
aggressive with his driving game and being able to finish around the rim. He looks very poised when he finishes around the rim. Just doesn't seem to have the confidence yet to go into those tall trees. There was a moment or two where he guided Westbrook. I think Westbrook just knew that Romeo is still learning the craft. Westbrook's got some tricks up his sleeve. So he managed to put Lankford uh, to work, basically. And I'm cool with that. Yeah, fine. You, again, are we setting the bar at Russell Westbrook? I don't think so. So I'm, I'm completely cool with this. Let's stick with that defensive narrative for a moment and just look at the fact that Washington got a lot of their work done around the cup. Brad Beal probably got most of the mid-range shots, but a lot of that work was done around the basket, in the paint. They were pounding it as best as they could. Westbrook was trying to get people into post-up positions. Robin Lopez was causing some problems too. What's important here is Boston's perimeter defense has been part of the problem all year. We spoke about this multiple times. I think a lot of people have tweeted at me about this multiple times. Not in this game. In this game, they were phenomenal guarding the perimeter. I think well, if we look at the shot chart, there was only three made threes for Washington overall. And that's like three of 20, I think it is. So if, if we're talking about the perimeter defense and being able to pressure, they were very, very cautious, the Celtics were, of giving up that weak side corner. They were a lot more mindful of if they were pinching in to operate, to offer some tag help, offer some rotational help. They were making sure they knew where that weak side corner man was at all times and they weren't too deep into the paint to not be able to rotate back out and close out on guys. And I think they've done a great job guarding the perimeter. And that goes for everybody. That isn't just a one-man job. That's a, all five guys being on a string, communicating, executing, operating at a high level. And yeah, I get it. It was Washington. But at the same time, this is a team that's been on our tear. Westbrook and Bradley Beal have figured it out. Boston's done a great job in their transition defense and limiting transition opportunities, making sure that any runouts were met with... Um, early defense there was one pos one possession i think it was in the second quarter where russell westbrook got the inbounds pass and you could clearly see he was looking to launch that ball up court while the celtics defense was starting to reset so what did the celtics do they doubled him instantly robert williams jason tatum they knew that it would be a four on three if Westbrook got that ball off. But what what did it do? It made Westbrook have to fight for that possession for a couple of seconds and gave the other three Celtics players time to set into a defensive rotation. Before you know it, that fast break opportunity that the, the Wizards were trying to implement was gone. And it was that type of scheme, that type of effort and mentality that really helped this team. So, yeah, I'm happy. Where's Brooklyn at? Let's, let's, let's just say, where is Brooklyn at? Do I think the Celtics are going to win that series? No. Do I think there's a possibility? Possibly. I think there's always a possibility with the Celtics team, especially when they're missing a key player, because that's when they usually seem to find their way and figure out ways to win. It's going to be a tough task. We're not asking them to figure out a way to win against Philadelphia, missing Ben Simmons. We're asking them to figure out how to win against Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets, the Nets that currently have a Hall of Fame rotation. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. This season has not been the type of year where you go into a series against arguably the historic, one of the most historically great offensive teams in the, and expect to win. It just, it's ridiculous. So, I'm cool. I think that once we go from there, we can look at, start looking at how some of the younger guys are going to bleed into this long term, how we're going to see guys like Peyton Pritchard, how we're going to see all of these names, Peyton Pritchard, Fawn, um, Neesmith, Langford, 
they're all going to feature in that series. I think they've earned the right to feature in that series. I like the matchups for Peyton Pritchard there. I think that his floor spacing is going to be integral to that second unit. I think that the um, Aaron Neesmith's floor spacing is going to be integral. The hustle that Neesmith brings is going to be important because the way you're going to beat Brooklyn is to really pressure that mid-range and pressure that rim because they don't really have great rim protectors outside of DeAndre Jordan, obviously. Um, I think that there's going to be ways where you can utilize Kemba Walker in mismatches and get him onto Jordan and ask Walker to use that explosiveness. Same thing goes for Pritchard. Same thing goes for um, Langford as well. If we're being quite honest, I just don't think Langford has the confidence or body control yet to be able to execute that at a high level. So I do think that some of these young guys are going to get the rotation minutes they need and deserve. I think they've earned the position to be considered rotational guys in the playoffs. And I think that those three names that I've just mentioned there are the three names that I'd expect to see return to Boston. Anyone below them in the rotation, I understand that there's a chance that we don't see them come back. And I'm okay with that. We spoke about that at length. I was a bit shocked that when it went to garbage time, I didn't see Nojabari Parker. Maybe that's just because Brad Stevens sees him as an offensive piece and it wasn't really the time to need any immediate buckets. Grant Williams got those minutes. It was only two minutes, you know. I mean, if we look at that garbage time rotation and the guys that played just for that garbage time, it was Grant, Treyman, and Carson. Three names that I wouldn't be shocked if they don't return next year. But I did think that because Jabari is locked in for next season, that maybe we would have seen him get some minutes. Defensive liability, possibly. Didn't want to risk him giving up some easy points and allowing Washington to build up a bit of confidence in them final two minutes. Yeah, that's possible. I can see that happening. But in the same breath, you've got Tremont Waters and Carson Edwards out there. So if you're worried about defense, you don't put those two out there anyway. So I'm a bit curious as to why Jabari didn't play. Obviously, that's a question that doesn't really make too much of a difference if we know the answer or not. The Celtics got the win. They played great. Luke Cornett only got four minutes. I think that's something that's indicative of when you do have Robert Williams and Tristan Thompson. And let's talk about Tristan Thompson for a moment. I mean, defensively, I thought he was solid. He'd done a good job on offense, went four for nine, 12 rebounds as well. I mean, look, he had six offensive, six defensive boards, so he split that nicely. And he just offered that physical presence. And in the late third, early of the fourth, it was getting a little bit testy on that court. People were starting to get a little bit frustrated, notably the Wizards. Uh, Westbrook seemed frustrated at times. Davis Batans just was not happy with the way the game was going. Maybe it was due to the disparity in foul calls. I mean, I'd, I'd be a bit annoyed if we're being quite honest. But at the same time, we've been in positions where we've seen the Celtics not get the calls that we think they deserve. And we've seen the Celtics get a little bit annoyed at that too. So it goes both ways. I think this was just a game where Washington were trying to play very physical, trying to throw Boston off of their game, intimidate them a little bit. And that's where... Christian Thompson is supposed to come in. That was part of the role he was assigned when he was brought into this team. When teams get physical and try to intimidate, you are the guy that steps up and makes sure that your presence is felt along with Marcus Smart. Personally, I'd like another guy to be able on that rotation that could do that too. Similar to like a Marcus Morris when Horford and Baines were there. Having a couple of guys that can step up and insert their dominance and let their physical presence be known would be great, but Christian Thompson done a fantastic job of making people just aware, making sure people weren't going home without a few bumps and bruises. Got some points, set some really good screens. Uh, he flipped the angle on some screens that really opened up scoring opportunities. I think he played with a high intelligence. 
not the best game I've seen him play for Boston, but far, far, far from the worst. So, you know, he was he was the guy that's saying all through the regular season that, you know, we don't care about the regular season. It's the playoffs that matter. Well, now you have to perform to get into the playoffs, and you've just done that. So I'm, I'm cool with that. Overall, I think this is great. The Celtics get a little bit more rest. Then they go up against Brooklyn. In that time, hopefully, they're going to be doing a lot of film work. They'll get some time to practice, which means hopefully they can start eradicating some more, some more of those defensive lapses. And I wouldn't be shocked if practice time they've had, if they had any practice time, it's all been on defense recently uh, because that's the biggest area of concern right now. And coming up against Brooklyn, you need to make sure that you're a well-oiled machine on that end of the floor. So, yeah, I'm cool with that. I think Tristan Thompson played well. I think the team executed at a high level on both ends. The defensive scheme worked perfectly against the Wizards. I get it. You know, Westbrook finished with, what did he have? Westbrook had 20. Brad Beal had 22. Okay, cool. You limited that you contain those guys. That's fine. You can't always stop superstars from scoring. Did Westbrook, what, Westbrook had 14 rebounds, 5 assists. That tells you a lot about the way Boston were playing that, um, pressure pass pressuring the passing lanes limiting the opportunities that westbrook had for those pitcher heads means you limit the opportunities he, ha he has to generate those easy assists and that's where the double 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 comes in rather than the triple double um bradley bill was the same bill i think that you know the best thing you can do to bill is hope to contain him set a number in your head and don't let him reach that or go past that you limited him to one to one of six from three. You limited him to ten of twenty-five from the field. I think there was a Bill made a little bit of a living in that mid-range area. And you know, we've said before, teams will let you live with that mid-range shot. Once Boston realised that Bill was heating up from there, I think it was in the second they adjusted. They made sure that that mid-range wasn't so comfortable anymore. They started to force him to his weaker hand and then allow him to attack the paint on the weak hand before shading over and giving him a hard contested shot. So this, to me, the defense is what stood out in this game. The offense was great, but again, Tatum put his team on his back, flipped that switch. And for you regular listeners, you'll remember a, a conversation I had with Will probably a week or so ago now, saying that a big development for Tatum will be flipping that switch without being antagonized. And he did that in this game. Nobody antagonized him. He just knew that it was his responsibility to carry this team into the playoffs. Put said, jump on my back and did just that along with his buddy Campbell Walker. Great performance. I'm looking forward to Brooklyn. Everybody stay safe. I will catch you again on Friday when I'm joined by Will. Um, I was going to put out the locker room mailbag episode, but I just really wanted to record this. I think that this is going to fit better with how everybody's feeling today. I want some conversation, man. So, you know, send me some messages, tweet at me, leave that five-star written review. If you don't listen on iTunes, if, if you don't listen on iTunes, then go and tell your friends and family about it. That's completely fine. That helps a lot. Best uh, best compliment you can give is recommending us to other people. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Taylor MBA. Make sure you hit that um, like and subscribe to this podcast if you're a new listener. Thank you very much for tuning in. This isn't how the shows usually go, but you know, like I say, I watched the game. I got hyped. I wanted to talk about it. I had a microphone next to me. Podcast was due to go out today anyway. So why not? Why not? Catch everybody soon. Stay safe. Goodbye for now. Disrespecting you hate is I ain't sweating your opinion. Y'all been testing my patience. Never did it for a check. I've been impressed with the fame.
famous, just rather be creative than stressing my wages ageless. Every time I lay a verse down, one play at a time, keep it moving like a first down. And at the end of the day, I can say that I made this. MJ never made it to the major, still he chased greatness, expected that he might fail, and I might too. I might never get to pop champagne, celebrating with the crew. This ain't everything I am, it's something that I do.